From deep in the heart of Central Texas, it's the Best of the Outdoors podcast. Brought to you by Texas Fishing Game Magazine, the voice of the Texas Outdoor Nation. I'm your humble host, your hostess with the most is Dustin Vaughn Warnke. So excited that you've taken the opportunity to download our show or stream it online, however you are listening. Thank you so much for doing so. We love you guys. And um, we're rocking it, man. Third of three podcasts. From Venice, Louisiana this week. Uh, this is the last one that is on uh, the docket that I've got in the can, as it were, um, that I've been thinking about uh, releasing and uh, just thought it would be good. This is still kind of at a fishing event, but this has to do with all kinds of stuff relating to stuff that I talk about in this podcast all the time. The legacy we leave, the outdoors, the um, the, the, the sharing it with our youth, uh, getting invo- kids involved in the outdoors, all those kind of things that are involved in what we do as sportsmen from the big picture perspective versus just going and catching and killing stuff. And uh, I've got a really special guest on this show, uh, Tofiel Bourgeois from uh, Bourgeois Fishing Charters. And uh, I'm really excited to have him on because um, I just, what a guest. I mean, what an incredible guy. You can check him out at neworleansfishing.com. That's neworleansfishing.com. Um, he's really easy to talk to, really fun guy to deal with, and just lost his dad. I mean, he is an incredible, incredible story. He lost his dad in a plane crash, and uh, back in um, uh, August of this uh, of this year, actually, and uh, is just kind of picking up the pieces from that and talking about the legacy his dad left and just some of the amazing things about the outdoors and the outdoor legacy that we all have. Uh, for our next generation and uh, he has kids you know and he's a, he's a child of a fishing guide and is a fishing guide now himself and also a, a rock star them old ghost is his uh, band you can look them up on um, several different places on the internet I've got their Spotify channel on the Spotify app that I have on my phone uh, I've been listening to their stuff and jamming out really cool soul rock you know soul southern rock uh, Southern Soul Rock, I guess is the best way to say it. But anyway, we had a great conversation. This is an awesome podcast. This is one of my better ones of the year, I think. And the year's almost done, so this is kind of a good, a good, uh, a good one to end the year with. Um, but before I get into that, let's talk about some uh, sponsors. We've got Okuma back as a sponsor of the podcast this week again, and uh, we're going to be talking about the Ciros and the Serrano rods, and uh, get into that right away. So we can thank Okuma, Okuma USA. Uh, dot com, I'm sorry, KumaFishingUSA.com for being a sponsor of this show and uh, we want to show them some love with their two things and uh, their two rods that we're going to feature on this podcast and really, really excited to have them on board. So, looking for a high performance bass rod that won't break the bank? Okuma Ciros bass rods were designed to be fished by anglers of all skill levels. These 13 specific rods were built on a responsive and durable 24-ton carbon blank and utilize the Okuma's proprietary UFR Ultimate Flex Reinforced Tip Technology for up to a 400% lifting power. Ciro's bass rods provide anglers maximum strength without sacrificing sensitivity. Learn more about Ciro's bass rods at okumafishing.com. I'm sorry, okumafishingusa.com. And do it again. Search for the collections and bass rods, and under the products of the bass rods, you'll see the Ciro's bass rods. Also talking about the Serrano rods. Okuma Serrano bass rods were meticulously designed for the competitive angler in mind. These nine technique-specific rods were built on responsive and durable 24-ton carbon blanks that were featured that feature Okuma's proprietary UFR Ultimate Flex Reinforced Tip Technology. They also utilize genuine wind grip and EVA rear split grip handle designs that offer a all-day casting and comfort uh, all day casting and comfort and extreme performance. Love these rods. Got to fish with some of these rods, uh, some of these Okuma rods at uh, this co- event that I'm doing this podcast at uh, that I recorded live. And um, just awesome. I mean, just I love Okuma. The Helios um, uh, spinning reel and bait casting reel. Uh, really smooth. Really nice bud- budget price rods and reels. Um, you can check these out at your local Academy Sports and Outdoors. You can check these out at your local, um, all kinds of different sporting retail carry okuma uh, or akumafishingusa.com that's akumafishingusa.com last podcast we talked about the floral stretch fluorocarbon 
which is kind of like a fluorocarbon, but it's really even better than a regular fluorocarbon. Um, and so just a lot of really great things. Also, their bait lab line of, uh, of swim baits and other baits that they have uh, that they're just coming out with. So the, the soft steel, fluoro stretch, and uh, the bait lab line are new this year and I'm trying to give them some love on those too so but these these Serrano and Ceros um, bass rods are really cool so wanted to show them some love so again uh, akumafishing.usa.com that's akumafishingusa.com check out Okuma all right now before we forget I also have some game cam stuff going on here for game cam SD card reader uh, mobile game cam SD card reader plugs right into your iPhone or your Android whatever kind of phone you have and every kind of um, uh, jack you've got on your phone uh, it will uh, it will work and, and what you have to do is just email me your photos uh, your game cam photos Dustin at dustinsprojects.com that's Dustin uh, dustinsprojects.com uh, one photo per person must be entered per four-week contest period. All entries from true game camera photos must be stamped in detailed camera information. Participants must reside within the United States of America. One winner will be announced every four-week period. We're getting ready to announce our first one. Uh, photos will be publicly shared and voted upon with the engagement metrics. And uh, photo entry participants release their use of the photo purposes for the contest. You know, all the other fancy stuff that goes with it. So, um, anyway, just send me your, send me your game cam photos get 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 them shared on fishgame.com's facebook page if they're good uh and uh just send those to dustin at dustinsprojects.com that's dustin at dustinsprojects.com you can enter to win a betanol um sd card reader that's mobile that you can just plug into your phone or your computer and read micro or standard sd cards and these things are awesome i've got a whole stack of them here that i just sent into the company to give away uh to you guys for doing that so be sure to do that the engagement on this has been pretty good actually so i'm really excited to have the chance to share some game cam photos that are kind of cool really cool ones got some out of west texas got some out of east texas got some out of central texas hill country it's been really fun so that's been really great uh also please subscribe to our newsletters if you haven't done so already we have the attached Tuesday, uh, we have the uh, Tactical Practical Tuesday, the Wilderness Wednesday, and the Thursday Texas State of the Outdoor Nation. Those are uh, free. And we also have some emails from our sponsors and things like that that come up that uh, I've had some really good ones lately. One from Outdoor Edge and, and with their Razor Knife, um, I'm sorry, Razor Max Knife, uh, Razor Knife, which is really cool. And then I uh, also want to not forget about some of the articles that I've got written, I uh, just submitted some to Chester, editor-in-chief. Chester Moore's been on the podcast many times. Um, <laughs> some cool stuff coming up, guys. Uh, Air Force Air Guns, Talon P, I did a review on that. I've already done reviews on those, but I just kind of did a, another thing to show them some love since they're one of our web sponsors. Um, also did a review on a hot saw nova star new uh, air gun from hot Sun with a beautiful turkish walnut stock just incredibly beautiful stock it was interesting looking air gun too probably one of the most interesting things you'll find in my gun safe <laughs> next to the talon p uh from air force uh but the hot saw uh, uh nova star you can check that out and then i did one on the razor razor max knife from outdoor edge uh razor knife that's a fillet knife razor knife really cool uh you know you can get those on amazon i've got the links in that and then those should be live or going live by the time this podcast releases uh should be before the new year they should go all go live and then i've got one on the barnet youth uh, compound bows my son is shooting the barnet um vortex light and he's working his way into the barnex vortex and uh, these are all great great compound bows to get kids involved into archery and our 3d shooting and all that other fun stuff so those are just some things to um to consider uh check out at fishgame.com and in the newsletters that i'll have uh, content rolling live on that and we're pretty much scheduled out for the rest of the year for the rest of our content uh coming out of the end of december and um anyway rolling into the new year with some really cool stuff so really great things in the magazine to come uh shot shows coming up uh icast will come up after that nra will come up before icast i mean there's just be a lot of things going on like usual when the new year starts for us so uh really great thing so thank you guys so much for watching reading and listening check out uh our stuff i'm going to end this podcast where i normally do at the end of the the show you know when i record it live so i won't do an end bumper but um just want to thank you guys so much this has been a great experience for me here at Texas Fishing Game to do this podcast and uh, to connect with all of you guys and just a dream come true to be able to do this show for the last, geez, almost five years now uh, off and on um, but basically mainly five years now that I've done all these shows, well over a hundred shows um, and uh, you know, just, just rocking it man, just having a lot of fun, so check out our sponsors check out Okuma Fishing USA uh, check out fishgame.com 
check out my personal website, dustinsprojects.com. Watch some of my YouTube videos. You can also check out my YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com forward slash dwarnke. And check us out also on your buddy Dustin's Pride Outdoor Network channel on Roku or Amazon Fire TV, streaming TV service, um, streaming TV outdoor network, and uh, really, really good things to come there at the Adventures of Field, which is one of the shows I help produce on there. And then Mac and Prowler's Hunting Adventures. Uh, they've got a lot of great content on there to, uh, to check out. So anyway, thank you guys so much again for watching, reading, listening. Here is my interview with Tofield Bourgeois. Very special interview for this podcast about the outdoor legacy and uh, the legacy that we build every day with our uh, youth and uh, and other people in our lives and the legacy one day we leave behind. Um, that's, that's the easiest way to say that. Really excited about this podcast uh, with Tofield. So uh, incredible guy. So again, I'll put his information in the show notes. NewOrleansFishing.com. That's NewOrleansFishing.com. Bourgeois Fishing Charter. Uh, he's taking over for his dad. Uh, got an awesome redfish on his on his uh, business card that he's got here. Uh, I'll put a picture of him uh, in the show notes as well. So anyway, here we go with our interview. Thank you guys so much. From deep in the heart of Southeast Louisiana, it's the Best of the Outdoors podcast. Brought to you by Texas Fish and Game Magazine, the voice of the Texas outdoor nation. I'm your humble host, the hostess with the most, is the host that boasts the most roasts, Dustin Von Warnke, joined here by my guest, Tofield Bourgeois. And uh, how are you doing today, Tofield? Doing well. Doing very well. Thanks you, for having sir, me. You, absolutely. It's, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Um, you cooked an incredible meal tonight. I've just got to say you. that much on the show. Um, redfish, uh, what do we call it? Tofield Redfish? Redfish Tofield. Tofield. That's great. It's been, uh, I watched my dad cook redfish that way my whole life, so a long time. Um, and it's, it's fairly simple. You know, I guess I take for granted it's simple, but... You know, I think we have the link to the recipe on our website. And Which that's is? NewOrleansFishing.com. Hit the link. Check it out. We normally give that at the end, but I'll put that in the show oh, notes. Man, uh, I really worked hard on that pitch. I know you did. That was a good pitch. I like that a lot. I like that <laughs> uh, so in, in uh, Venice, Louisiana, um, knocking out a podcast, and uh, I'll release this one later after the event, of course, but... Tell us a little bit about your background, about the legacy your dad has um, or had, and, and, and just the situation of, of, of what is going on with you in, in Louisiana fishing and just fishing in, in, at large, because I have people right. listening all over to the show. All right. So, well, um, my dad started the company, uh, Bourgeois Fishing Charters, I believe in 1995. So I was about in first grade. and. Um, every weekend, every free moment I had in my life was was out there fishing with them and building the. We turned our first the first lodge we had was our hunting camp. We had a little decrepit duck hunting camp that he got from my uncle, yeah. and we turned that into a little lodge, bed and breakfast. And uh, that was my first job. I deckhand out there with him. Yeah. Go out there every summer. I essentially my job was just make sure we had ice chests, ice cut the grass and then I would just hang out with the cook <laughs> that's and that's cool. when I heard all these just jokes I've forgotten more jokes that a young man shouldn't have heard um, but god man the, the cool things I heard and the the funny conversations learning how to play cards with my uncle while he's cooking drinking Coors Light yeah. you know um, but anyway so he he started this and he built it from from the ground up man and when he we were speaking earlier when he got into it there I think there were 67 licensed guides in yeah. louisiana and i don't know what the number is now but i'm sure it's in it's in the thousand over oh, I'm sure. it's absolutely i mean yeah. just in lafitte i mean you got so many guys and it's god bless them it's a great way to make a living but luckily he got in early and um built it from where we now have a lodge it's a hundred year old schoolhouse that sleeps we sleep we used to sleep up to uh 52 people but we had a lot That's of bunks huge. It's a lot. It's ten thousand square feet. Holy so it was smokes. it was from from kindergarten to high school for the Lafitte Barataria area. Right. And um, <clears throat> so we to make things more comfortable, we kind of we got rid of some of the bunks, and so now we sleep thirty two people. That's um, a lot of people. It is. It is. And we got a full fully staffed kitchen. Um, we got a chef in house, so meals are always prepared at lodging. We got a huge operation. Um, so. We got that set up, and um, while this was going on, I had forged my own path. I had a tattoo shop, and I've been tattooing for the past 15 years. Um, and I also play a little music. So fishing and the outdoor lifestyle was always just a part of me and my heritage and what I did as a pastime. 
Um, I'm a licensed guy and have been for about a decade, but outside of like the first two years I got my license, I really didn't practice it because it was a thing that I'd split myself between tattoo and the music and for me to guide and, and feel good about taking people's money to yeah, fish, sure. I felt I felt like I was doing them a disservice by not being out there constantly. Yeah, constantly. So for yeah. me, it was just like, I'm gonna do this for me. Um, so now fast forward, um, and for people who don't know, um, you know, my dad was, you know, suffered an accident and, and went down in his plane. He had a seaplane operation where he'd fly people out to the Chandelier Islands and he got caught up in some bad weather. Um, and, you know, we still have a lot of questions about what happened. We don't truly know the full story. Um, but, you know, he he went down doing what he did and what he loved. And if you talk to him, and I talk to him a lot about this, and that's, that's the way you could ask a pilot how they would go out, that's what they want. Sure. You know, so way earlier than what, you know, anybody wants. He was 55. You know, so it, it was a shock, man. It was... Uh, it's a it's a harsh reality, a tough pill to swallow, and you know, dealing with that and moving forward, it's uh you know the dichotomy of of taking the time to relax and process it all, um, on top of actually having to move forward with the business. Yeah, um, sure. It's been you know it's interesting to say the least, but he luckily raised me to always keep a positive mindset. Sure. Um, and he, you know, he gave me the tools to deal with this. So it's tough. It's it's a huge weight that's been dropped on me. But also at the same time, I feel good about it. I feel prepared for it. Oh, that's good. Um, yeah, man, it's it's good. It's you know, the only thing I can do is make it good. You know, because it's it's gonna keep hitting. Your life keeps rolling. So I hate to say it's making lemons out of lemonade. Absolutely. It's such a it's such a, a trite thing to say, but I mean. It, it's really carrying on his legacy in a way. Yeah, right, 100%. And one reason why I wanted to have you on is because something I talk a lot about on this show, especially when it's just me on the microphone closing, because when I, I know you haven't listened to the show, but uh, I, I start a podcast solo and I end it solo and I have a guest in the middle. And um, I always kind of show away at the end of the show of how to give back and mm -hmm. how to leave a legacy to our next generation. To not just that, but how to leave a legacy within your family and how to carry on that legacy of the hunting and fishing lifestyle, the outdoors, and however however that, that, that manifests itself in people's lives. And the people listen to this most of the time like to hunt and fish and aren't, you know, uh, antis or, you know, anything crazy like that. So it resonates well with the audience. Right. But, I mean, it's just one of those things that you, you've got big shoes to fill, obviously. Yes. But at the same time, I mean, I think you're up to the task is what you're saying. Yeah, absolutely. I realized pretty quickly um, in the days after this all happened, um, you know, the, the thoughts arise of, well, you know, how do you do you fill those shoes? Right. And, and I realized very quickly and immediately that I shouldn't waste any time trying to replace him because that's not going to happen he was him and i'm me and he he is still within me sure. you know there's i mean he's my dad you know i learned everything from him sure. um so there's a there's a part of him i carry with me and all i can do is be myself and just carry this legacy on to the next chapter you know and it's i'm not the first to deal with this we all have to deal with grief and loss and um it, my position in my situation is a bit unique but it's still you know it's it's uh it's nothing I can't get through. There could be a, a ton worse, you know. Um, to be left with a beautiful legacy and the lodge and everything my dad built. And when I say built, not just in a in a metaphorical sense or just like yeah, it, it, he physically yeah. built it. He was right. a carpenter and he taught. He passed that trade on to me as well. And everywhere you look in the fishing lodge, when you come down. Like down to the trim, to every piece of things, like it was his touch, his hand That's on cool. it. That's really cool. So it, yeah, it's you know there's there's memories associated with every aspect of the place, and everywhere I look at at our hunting camp and the memories of us building it, you know me as a teenager, for before I was a teenager and up until then, and it's like there there's just good nothing but positivity surrounding all of these places. Sure. Um, good and it's, so it's you know it's just time for me. I've got two young sons. I got a seven and a ten year old. Um, and they are so much more in tune with fishing and the outdoors than I was at their age, which is, it's exciting. Um, because for me, there was a lot of, it. my childhood was like, okay, I'm, 
I'm into fishing, but I'm not into waking up that early all the time. Yeah, right. You know, like so yeah, to go but, guide people to go catch fish. Oh yeah, man, right. my yeah. kids impress me all the time because they never give me trouble waking up. That's cool. And I'm like, dude, I was not like that yeah, as a I was kid. Not like, I was like, like when I was it was kid, like yeah. late teens before I actually was like, all right, I'm gonna wake up. Because, yeah. you know, it's like, God. but I, what I did learn, and this is, for me, a big philosophy on uh, passing down that legacy, because I feel like as a kid, I was kind of drug along on a lot of fishing trips. Uh, and it was like, it was like, okay, we want you to go fishing. But also it was like, we're going to catch your limit, yeah. you know? Yeah. And that being out there, like past the time when I wanted to be out there, kind of put it like a, this sourness to the experience where it's like man this is a long time to be out here hot well, in the yeah. sun and it's just about grinding out a box yeah so you can make your limit yeah which we all go through i think as outdoorsmen to some degree right as we age and mature in the outdoors would you mm-hmm. agree oh yeah i think we go through stages i mean most people right. would agree with me there absolutely and we were just speaking about you know how i'm okay with reducing the limits on trout like 25 trout i'm I'm good. I'd be good with 15. I mean, 12. Sure. It's not. It's not that big of a deal for me. I think that to change the mentality from, you know, how can we limit out and limit out if it's not a good trip if if we don't limit out. I think that's dangerous and it's not. You know, we have to preserve the fisheries for tomorrow and let that let the stock build up again. Right. But to get back to my point about the way I approach fishing and the way I approach a lot of things with my children and the the age that they're in when we go fishing. When I got my boys with me, uh, they run the show in the sense of how long we're out there. Because I say, hey, this is your trip. I want you to have fun. As soon as you're not having fun, we're we'll out. pack it in. Because yeah. yeah. I want them to enjoy it. And it's worked well. Same thing with hunting. You know, if I'm when I go with myself, you know, that's my time. And I'll go sit as long as I want. But when they're with me, it's like, you run the show. I want them to enjoy it. I don't want them to be bored and, and out of touch with it. You know, so... And it's worked well for me because they wake up, you know, they don't give me any trouble. They want to go. They constantly want right, to go. Right. And it's great because it's to me, I think like you're investing in hopefully I can keep them involved with this and keep them out of trouble as they get older. Yeah. You know, because there's so much so much kids can get into. You I, know? Yeah, you're right. I've said it so many times in the show. My listeners get tired of hearing it. But the kids that hunt and fish don't steal and deal. That's something mm-hmm. that it's, it was a bumper sticker I saw like back in the 80s. That's right? true. And it, but it's true. I mean, it's just kind of like the the things that they do in Kentucky with the fully automatic rifles and stuff like that. And the, the kids are out there, you know, banging out all this all this lead and everything uh-huh. downrange. They were like, those aren't the kids that do the mass shootings. Mm-hmm. Those aren't the kids that are out there wreaking havoc on on the world. It's the kids right. that don't have those experiences. Don't have the parents that right. invest that time like you're investing yeah. in, in the next generation. And 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 we talked on the last show um, that we recorded here about. You know, it being about whatever the outdoors is to you is more of a spiritual journey, not necessarily just about going and catching a killing. I'm talking about this on the show all the time, and that's what makes my podcast different from a lot of people is that I don't believe that it's all about limiting out and all mm-hmm. about shooting the biggest and catching the best and, and, and everything like that. Although that's you know, that's important to a lot of people, but it's it's not it's not everything right you know there's so much more of a depth to a, a spiritual growth that we go through through the outdoors right and i think if you're if you're basing the the quality of the experience on did i catch this arbitrary number of fish or it wasn't successful right, right. and you're missing all the beautiful things about being out in nature the fact that you're not at your job that you might not particularly enjoy or you're not it could be it's easy to find gratitude right. if you're willing to look for really it, you know, it. and you're out there and you're in nature and it's, you know, it's not like tree hugging, hippy dippy stuff. I love that, but it's, it's hard to not see a sunrise completely unobstructed and you just got marsh and you see the colors, the vibrant pinks and purples in the sky and not feel some kind of way, you know, and to say, well, I saw that, but I didn't limb it out. And I had a bad day. It's like, man, you're missing something, you know. One of the things you may not know about me, uh, Tofield, is that I'm part of a fishing ministry called Crosswater Outfitters, and we do um, uh, we do work with soldiers and their families. They come on a weekend and basically put them out on a catfish jug fishing trip. Basically, oh, cool. Understand in Louisiana jug fishing, but um, you know, and, and and we see a transformation in those soldiers. And my listeners have heard all this before, but we see a transformation of this hardened war fighting, mm-hmm. you know, soldier 
that that comes to a realization that nature softens his heart mm-hmm. and he's a better man for his family. Right. And it's therapeutic. And it brings to mind two guests that I've had on the show before. Cal Gonzalez, who's our saltwater editor, and Rick Ward, who's the urban air gunner, who's uh, on the hunting side. Um, uh, just a friend of mine that, I, that I've had on the show before. And uh, uh, Rick Ward lost his son a couple of years ago and was supported so wholly. And we did like a, a hour and a half podcast together so totally by the outdoor industry people, by the people that, that were guiding in that area, right. the people that were... Um, you know, having that kind of, you know, impact that he had made an impact on them while well, he had, they had an impact on him. Right. And, and that's, that's the community that I'm talking about there. But as far as the spiritual side of it, Cal Gonzalez is going to uh, kidney uh, dialysis right now. And he had somebody code on him right next door to where his dialysis station was mm-hmm. and she, they couldn't revive her. And he said, fishing to me brought me peace in that, horrific time that I had to witness, you know, her, her, this lady die. And it's just one of those things where I was like, dude, it's so much deeper than just going out there and wetting a line. Yeah, it really is. And I think I've, I think your, your experience in life becomes easier if you're willing to accept the beauty in simplicity, the things you take for granted. And it just, out there being in there's nowhere you look where you can't find some inspiration or some sure. beauty sure you know and just the wildlife that you might see yeah. um there's tons here it's I mean, everywhere, no there. It's everywhere so. man. you know and i think i you know it's um some people i think have blinders on to that or maybe especially think, in our society now yeah and i think we it's easy especially for a man to kind of shrug it off and you know, I, I don't know. There's there's the kind of macho mentality where it's like, okay, whatever. Like, you know, but um, I never miss an opportunity to kind of step and, and just take a closer look at a flower or a, just like what type of little weird bug might be. Like that stuff is interesting to me because I think, I don't know, when I was a kid, I just loved watching Discovery Channel and seeing like the up-close shots of just insects and all these things. And it's like you're out there and if you'd like take a moment – you know, I was walking on a nature trail. We like behind our house, behind my kid's school. Actually, there was this elevated little wood walking trail through the swamp, and uh, we were walking through it one day. And I told my kids, like, slow down. They were kind of running through, and I was like, let's like, if you slow down and look around, you might be surprised what you would see. And sure enough, like a minute or two later, we hear this little, little, and I look, and there's this little garden snake wrapped up around this branch, and it's got this little frog in its mouth. And it's just cool stuff like this. Like, oh man, this is Discovery yeah, Channel. This yeah, is so yeah. cool. This is Discovery so Channel we sat, in real life. Yeah, yeah. We, sat, we sat there and watched this. And it's like, you know, it's like, it's it's a ferocious nature of uh, nature, you know. But it's still, it's a cool thing to witness in the wild. It's like, wow, look at that. You're actually seeing a snake eating a frog. Like, how often do you see this yeah, cool stuff? Right. Just, you know, like just stopping and paying attention. And, you, you know, you'd be surprised what's right under your nose and you're kind of missing it. And that's just, I think, a metaphor for life in general. Like, slow down, man. Take a breath and appreciate, like, your freedom, your health, your ability to even get outdoors. And and the fact that you get, you live in a state that has a 25 trout limit. Yeah. You know? That's absurd. I, honestly, man, it's been that way my whole life, and I think it's excessive. You know? I don't want to clean all them fish. <laughs> That's a guy, yeah, I'm sure. Well, not just that. I mean, the other the other thing, the, the, the fishing game laws in... Uh, Louisiana have got to be some of the most liberal in the world, you know, yeah. in, in America for, mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, next to Texas, but there, there, there's things that you know blow me away when I'm when I'm fishing and, and the first time we fished Delacroix, uh, our first confluence event, 2017. Uh, I didn't realize there was no size limit on the bass because it was brackish water. Yeah, and I was like, that doesn't seem right to fillet like a 10 inch bass, but that's what you know. I mean. Uh, What's it like in Texas? So you have no idea what the regulations are on bass. It's, it's like you know, it's it's it. We have size limits on right. every, every bass, no matter where you catch them. Right. And yeah. So it's just like, and then we then we have bag limits too. You know, and uh-huh. it, just just about everywhere. And so it's just one of those things where I was like, but I think the whole the whole mindset here was that 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 those bass with salt water comes in are going to die anyway. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't <clears> matter. <throat> I, I guess I don't know. I, don't, really? I really don't know. I mean. No, it's, it's something good to look into. I, I'm not sure either. But I'm I mean, curious. it's just something I just I just kind of thought that. But that all being said, um, one of the reasons I'll just be I'll just be candid where I'm going with this. 
the catching and all that stuff is great. The meat hauls that you make with the with mm-hmm. the, the the one reason why I do this podcast is for my own therapy, for my own for right. my own creative outlet. There, speaking of the mental health and the benefits and stuff of the outdoors, what Rick Ward and I talked about on our show together was that uh, suicide now is more of the norm now it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's more rampant than it's ever been but we live in a culture that has every convenience you could ever wish for wi-fi cell phones right. all this other stuff what are we missing and i think part of that is that we don't return to the essence of who we are right in in in, in the outdoors that we are a part of and mm-hmm. that is a part of us for the spiritual sense yeah what i'm saying yeah i think there's an innate uh just a visceral or primal satisfaction that comes out of just like what we got back here just sitting around a fire sharing a meal around a fire you know there's a tribal sense that there's something that there's a a box that needs to be checked or whatever you want to call it but you can't deny that or at least I can't the feeling I get when I'm in these activities when I'm out in the wild whatever I'm doing and to the the degree where I get you know you can get carried away where you're like man I'm never going back you know and it's like well no you gotta go back (laughs) but it's kind of a little vacation but it's Reality, you're you're yeah. just like well I can maybe figure out how to live without a house you know it's like it, was, it the seems material like, yeah don't don't and, appear to be and, and, and we've wrapped up our, our society so much in that stuff yeah so, and, and possessed by our possessions which is a big problem and you know the technology and I think um, I would argue that the the frequency that we can compare ourselves to other people's projected happiness which is all a fallacy anyway yeah, you know and we all just putting out what we what we want people best, to see best, you best, know yeah. and that's you know everybody knows that but i think um there's a quote and I, I i think it's a roosevelt quote i may be wrong but the quote goes something like comparison is a thief of happiness <laughs> that's good and i like that always love that like, that's a good quote. it's great because it's so true when you hear that it's like man do not compare yourself to anybody just like enjoy you and your experience and it's um you know and i think like now we're really trying to keep up with the joneses you know we see and it i'm you know i'm guilty of it i'm terribly guilty of it because i you know i i'll post things for my tattoo career my band and now this the fishing company and it's you want to see how the post performs and it's such a dangerous metric to base your yeah it's a you know i'm not validated uh, unless I've got hundreds of likes. Yeah, that's what, just what I was going to say. It, it, we base it off of other people's reaction and engagement uh, to our posts. And, and, and we got to be careful of that as hunters mm-hmm. and as fishermen from the outdoors perspective because, um, you know, I, and I'll give you a good example of this. I, I, I film a, a kind of little TV show for, um, for a Roku channel that I'm, that I'm airing it on now. And I haven't killed a trophy since 2014 mm-hmm. for a trophy buck, a trophy deer. I've killed some axis, I've killed some other exotics, I've killed some hogs, and I've killed some spikes and some does and some calls. And I don't, I, I'm past that, dude. Right. I'm just past that. Yeah. I'm just, I don't need to impress anybody anymore. Right. But our society is just like, well, you know, I watched a hunting show. I was telling Chester, our editor in chief, this the other day. I said, man, I watched a hunting show the other day where the dude introduced his own hunt. All right. The dude introduced his own hunt. And then basically said, "You're gonna watch me shoot a 160 class Booner with with my uh, with my uh, with my 308 or whatever my muzzleloader or whatever it was." While he's but, out there, yeah. But it was no, no. While he was introducing the show in B-roll, uh-huh. and basically moving to doing the the hunt, and mm-hmm. I was just like. What a pompous jerk to just uh-huh. introduce, you know, get somebody else. I don't care if somebody's so bum off the uh-huh. street to introduce your show, but it's so pompous to talk about yourself in that way that you're going to watch me yeah. be some badass. And check just, it you know, out. Check out how good I am. And I'm just like, yeah, I don't care how good you uh-huh. are. What good are you doing for the next generation? What good are you doing for the conservation of our sport? What good are you right. doing for initiatives that, that help this survive? Yeah, I think if you're... You're out there doing it solely for the attention. It becomes, it becomes um, useless and redundant. And I think if you have some purpose, and whatever that purpose may be, to 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 spread enlightenment in whatever capacity it might be, or just to leave someone with a better insight on where maybe I should you know appreciate this or that more. Um, I think that's the the goal. It's just an appreciation, just like finding 
uh, or sharing that appreciation for for what an experience we were capable to have and how how lucky we are for it. You know, I mean, I'm for all its warts. You know, South Louisiana has its issues, um, but we live in. They don't call it a sportsman's paradise for nothing. Yeah. But I think people have abused it, and we've. It's like the wild west of bag limits, and and people. Everyone you talk to, man, all these old cats, like just the generation before me, uh, and we had no bag. Like like trout had no limit. There were no size limits. Like when you were on trout. Yeah, so cigar trout. We were talking about this last night. Cigar trout was the term. So it's just like you can keep little tiny specks. Uh, so now we it's, it's, right. So it's like twelve inch and up, but twenty five. So now it's like we're so used to just like people. It's just like with anything, man. People don't look past their nose, you know. And it's just we're gonna keep taking and taking and taking. And it's not gonna affect the ecosystem. Yeah. It's not you know whether it's you know oil. I mean, we look at what the, the oil industry's done to the marsh yeah, and the wetlands sure. and, and the way it's cut up and broken up. Oh, good. Um, I was going to bring this up in the last podcast, Deepwater Horizon. Happened yeah. right here in Venice, right off the coast of Venice. Yeah. You know? I right. mean, that was an absolute I, you know, crap show, you know, yeah. uh, that, that that thing was. And it was just, it was, and, and there was no easy answers to any of it. And, and BP was doing, but I mean, that, that that's something that directly affected the area we're in. And I meant to work that into the last show, so mm-hmm. I'm glad you said that. Yeah. <laughs> but oh, yeah. continue your point, I'm sorry. Well, no, so I mean, it's just overall, I think there's, there's and that's, um, an oversight of the longevity and what's going to happen when when I'm gone and and um, you know there's something to be said about and this is not my my words I'm just kind of paraphrasing badly again. Um, okay, dude, you're, you're in a good place. There's something about a man who plants a tree that he'll never get the shade from, you know. And that, you know, in a nutshell, I might not be quoting that, That's good, but though, you get That's the idea. Hard. I get the total idea. Um, I feel like I'm just going through my quote Rolodex no, now. This, but, you know but what, what I mean? But is, these things are coming up. But it, it is, you know, like you got to make moves that you won't really get the benefits from. It's it's being selfless to say, well, I want the generations that I don't even know yet to be able to experience That's this. precisely you know? where I was going with that because... I often say when somebody has, has died, especially unexpectedly, and this happened in my own life with a family member back in 2011, I, I spoke to the mom of a, a cousin of mine that passed away much younger than I was at mm-hmm. the time, and I said, she has left a legacy with generations that aren't even born yet. Yeah. Which is what your dad did. Yeah. Which is what you and I are going to do. Because the one thing that I'm learning from, uh, and I study a lot of Neil Donald Walsh, which is uh, Conversations with God and, and a mm-hmm. lot of uh, philosophical stuff, but his whole thing is, you know, he's asking God why. God basically says, look, you know, life is not all about you. It's about the lives that you impact. It's about mm-hmm. the people that you, you impact and how you impact them. Right. And I think in hunting and fishing, in, in, the, in the scope that I do this show with, The Best of the Outdoors, I, I'm trying to bring forward the the concept that 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 if we give back in some way mm-hmm. and and invest in in our I mentor a, a a young man that's 30 years old that basically is um you know is just you know he's 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 a great guy but he's he's struggling and he wants to learn stuff about Texas outdoors and stuff like that I've taken him under my wing the last mm-hmm. I guess it's been about six or seven years now and we're going on a hog hunt and I'm taking my son to come shoot one of his first hogs or whatever um, at, a, at a ranch but basically I'm investing in his legacy yeah. that he's mm-hmm. leaving with his kids right so when you look at it from those from those glasses if you will you look at it from those eyes I mean I think it, it, it broadens the spectrum of why we're really here from yeah. a purpose standpoint and that's what I, I this is getting a little deep for us Saturday for a Thursday night or whatever, but it's, it's, nah, it's all good. <laughs> I can tell you, you're going there with me, which is good. I'm there, but, but you know, I just, um, I think it's important. I mean, I just think, but the legacies of the lives that are unborn yet, mm-hmm. you know, that's kind of deep, but it's, it's kind of true. Well, yeah, because I mean, we, we have a tendency to think that, you know, the world revolves around us exactly. and it's not, you know, so not that case. Right, right. Um, and we have to we have to look out for the future, um, because I mean even just like on the close like I've got children. You you said you got a son. You got any more kids? No, I've just got one ten year old. Right. Same so age as your kid. <laughs> yeah. So you know you want 
it's like, God, at the very least, I want you to enjoy all this. But it's like, well, you know, what about his kids? And, and what about those kids? And it's, it's easy for me. It's easy to make decisions that at least in my, I won't negatively impact the future. You know, um, I, you know, it's amazing the, the amount of people I see where I live who will just with reckless abandon throw trash on the side of the road and live in such a beautiful area. Like it's a small fishing community and just throw trash. Like I I pick up trash like off the side of my road where I live. And um, so much so that I started this little initiative called, um, so our town's Jean Lafitte and it's named after the pirate. So uh, (laughs) me and a couple, couple friends got together and, you know, I said, man, I want to really, I want to start something, you know, where you kind of just an initiative to get people to clean up trash in Lafitte like what what can we do we'll donate our time we'll go you know we'll take this particular strip of land take some before video pictures and then clean it up and take pictures after that um, and just kind of light a fire under people and uh, we decided to call it Treasure Lafitte you know a little play on words we thought it was like good pun um, and I drew up this logo like this pirate sword with a bunch of trash skewered onto <laughs> it I love it and, that's great and the hilt of the, the sword forms the T and then treasure the feet builds off that but anyway so it's like stuff like that where it's like okay so we make it fun where it's like a group of guys will get together or gals anyone and meet and we'll clean up and um, this was actually just starting to roll before uh, the accident happened with my dad so um, my buddy was actually just texting me yesterday saying hey let's get together and just things have been so so all over the place for me lately um, just kind of recalibrating and finding a new normal um, that now I'm finally kind of at a point where it's like, all right, well, we can move forward with this and do it. But our plan uh, is eventually to to get someone to, you know, we'll form like a nice PowerPoint presentation and go to the school, go to my kid's school, go to the high school, and uh, just show kids. It's like, because I don't think that parents, I think the majority of people, well, maybe I'm, you know, overstepping, but either way, it seems like an alarming number of people are willing to, just trash the area they live in yeah. and it's you see it all the time and you're just like what are you doing to me it's the most arrogant lazy thing you could do when there's like trash cans everywhere you look to just throw bags of trash out of your car take care of your stuff blows my mind yeah um or yeah, trash bowl out of your trunk because uh, we do in Texas all the time. Yeah, know? I mean yeah. people do in Texas. I don't want to say uh, I do, but I'm just saying people do that. Right. Yeah. So with that, you know, just teaching teaching the next generation of kids in our community. You got to start somewhere. So starting in our community, teaching them, hey, here's the beauty of your backyard and the eco the ecosystem of the Barataria Basin and how beautiful it is. And look at all the trash on the side of the road. And don't you feel some accountability for that? Like, yeah. this is your yard. This is your house. It's it a small... Cumulatively ours. Yeah. yeah. It's, it, you should feel some attachment to that. And some sense of pride. And some sense of shame when you see it covered in trash. Yeah. But I think there's so many people. And I've seen people who want to fight you over fishing spots. But then throw trash right over the boat. And it's like, dude, what are you doing? Yeah, you're missing like this, It's like, oh, my daddy been fishing this spot. And his daddy and this and that. It's like, okay... That's fine and all, but we're just borrowing this. We're just passengers. Yeah, you know, this good. isn't ours. Um, this but is then trashing resource. it. And yeah. it's like, hey, just enjoy it. Just let, we, let's do it together. Um, We've got to unite. We've got to get along. Yeah. And, and, and But you're right. And the other thing to, to, to add to your point to that is Chester Moore, editor-in-chief, who has long hair and a beard and everything, just like <laughs> awesome dude. You really get along with him. But Sounds cool. Um, but he's a big heavy metal headbanger and everything. He, he's an awesome dude. But he... Um, him and I have had several podcasts that we've done on this show where he basically said, look, just because I, 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 I want clean water and I want a sustainable resource does not mean I'm some kind of liberal hippie, mm-hmm. you know, green, you know, tree hugger. And, and, that, and again, I'm not banging on those people. Right. I'm just saying, just don't, don't label me as, as, as being a cannibal of your own species, mm-hmm. if you will, uh, of, you know, in, in, in the hunting and fishing community. Don't right. label me as being some kind of, you know, weirdo. If I end up, you know, wanting clean water mm. and sustainable resources yeah. for the future, 
You know, yeah. but that's that's what that's what the problem is, and I've talked about that ad nauseum on the show. That basically the problem is is the division in with ourselves, and I've talked yeah. about this with a lot of fishing and hunting guests that I've had, uh, you included. That basically, if we continue to fight and bicker about stupid crap, we're going to end up losing the sport, mm-hmm. and we're going to lose a fight to somebody that that um, that you know doesn't like it as much as we do. Right, and do you think that that type of behavior is just like a a certain amount of gaslighting because they're Maybe I don't know about insecurity or just ignorance on knowing no other way to form to have that conversation in a healthy way. So they say, "Okay, whatever, hippie tree yoga." It's like, no, man. Like, you it's can, easier easier to do that than actually have a conversation, right? Yeah, and a lot of it is ignorance, I think. Uh huh. But most of the people listen to this show, I can tell you for sure, don't don't feel that way, but because they've listened to me long enough. <laughs> right. You know, it's just one of those things that I I think needs to. You know, I, I hate to say this, and I have several guests on the show that I've done the Rodney King thing with. Can't we all just get along? Mm-hmm. We've got to unite in this sport. We've got of hunting or fishing or whatever. Right. The outdoors to sustain this as a resource for the future. Yeah. It yeah. seems easy enough. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it does, but I, I'm just... I it, it, And I'll give you a perfect example of this, Tofield, is Facebook. Oh. It, it's the groups. It's Texas uh, Central Texas bow hunter in the case of that, you know, or, or whatever the case may be. Um, it, it, you know, any of these Texas groups, Louisiana groups, whatever. Mm-hmm. That, that there's bickering and there's fighting and there's all this stuff, and it's just like, you know, why? Why? I mean, mm-hmm. why? So anyway. Well, I think with any um, collection of online presences like that, you get you get a lot of a, I think like an inflated. Um, or a, a magnifying of the negative aspects of human nature because there is something different about the way people act face to face. Yeah, versus a, a, you know a over keyboard, a keyboard, keyboard that whole thing. Yeah. I think there's some there's something to it, man. I think yeah. there's something to it, and I think it's I think it's just like an expression of the uglier sides of like the subconscious and what yeah. we want to say to people. But you know, generally, it's not said because of the you know. Um, Form, formalities yeah, of face to face because also and it not even so much like you know you know like what Mike Tyson said everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth that's right my boxing coach <laughs> told me that right? the other day he said yeah you that's know? right that's the way boxing works and it's, so. it's like man so <laughs> it's funny you um, that. <laughs> that's that's the thing man I think um <laughs> I think, I think that Facebook and, and just social media in general and the, the online avatars, if you will, of people is just um, it's just an inflation of, of the ugliness. And, it, and I think it's not a true representation of the state of humanity. It's just like if we pay attention to that part of things, we can get disheartened. But I think I think it's if you go to Facebook and you seek you seek some sort of um, validation or, or so use it as a barometer for for the state of things you may be kind of pulling from a, a, a narrow pool that may not really give you the best insight into it you know and i think in most of our human interactions in our real interactions i'm left with a positive feeling yeah. you know in most people so i think like it's almost like that's just some subsect of society that this is not true yeah, yeah it's yeah. just like it's yeah. it's like some it's like our ugliest forms manifesting right. you know and i think right. i think it's it's easy to get caught up in that and don't get me wrong i do too but that's why i stop like you know you stop scrolling it's like why am i on this yeah, what, what, is am I, this? what am i doing what here? is yeah. this you yeah. know it's like I'll, I'll just kind of post and and just leave it alone and, and avoid it and like every few days i'll pop in i'm like look at this i don't care about any of it yeah. like any of my notifications yeah. so it's it's good but you know i'm still I'm still pretty like in tune to Instagram, so I feel I always feel like kind of this weird negative pull. But Instagram is, it you could definitely see like okay, these people are like just how many of how many selfies can you post of yourself in a different angle? And it's yeah. like I see right through that. It's it's it's, it's yeah it's, it's shallow yeah. after a while. Right, yeah. and it's and it's just you know like you say narcissists. Um, but I think you know it's 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 the negative waves i think travel further and they make a bigger stink and a bigger impact on you you know when you when you meet somebody and they're just like a psychic vampire and they just suck the life right out of you and it, <laughs> those people like stick with you for days and it's yeah, like god what yeah. was that guy's oh, problem yeah, you know yeah. but when, when you meet somebody who just really like makes a great positive impression on you you just want to hug them and you're like man let's be friends you know like yeah but it, i don't I feel like that doesn't charge you up as much as the bad ones take out of you right. you know 
And my whole point is, regardless of all that, is to build each other up. Yeah. To invest in each other and, and not tear each other down. Because And the thing is, I, I say that on this show because I know there's some people that listen that, that may have in the past done that. And it's just one of those things where, what's the point of doing that to each mm-hmm. other, man? What's the point it's, What's the point of what's that doing to our sport? Yeah. And uh, just, just having that mindset of, you know, here, I'm here to help you and, and not tear you down and not tell you that your way. Because you like squirrel hunting versus... Uh, Versus, uh, you know, big deer hunting or big deer yeah. hunting. Or if you like, uh, you know, redfish instead of shark or whatever the case may be. I mean, big, who cares? We like our tribes. Yeah. It's a thing, I, man. It's it. it's you know? And if you're not part of our tribe, then, you mm-hmm. know, there's a door. So. But then it, isn't it funny? Because it's like, hey, we're all the tribe of outdoors. Like, we want to, we want to enjoy these things. That's, I know, it is. But it's like, it then we, we have to we have to narrow it down further. Like oh you freshwater guy uh, fly fly fishing guy huh he's a fly weird weirdo weirdo <laughs> yeah 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 you know and it's like God. all of a sudden you throw him an opinion of me. oh That's my god anyway. and it's a where does it end you know like what what delineation does it end it's like okay well you like to catch fish you like to be in a boat yes cool all right what type of Tom boat you ground. yeah and it's like it's just an, an appreciation for for being out there in yeah. nature. Cause man, I don't, anybody that's like, man, you know, I just love going to a strip mall and just sitting there and smelling that asphalt, and yeah. popping into the Dollar General. Yeah, you know, yeah, small, yeah, yeah, man. Give me, give me some, <laughs> some, uh, some cold beer, you know, just hang out. Maybe I'm wrong. I mean, it doesn't it's sound terrible. Food. Yeah, you're right. You're right. No, that's, it's true, though. I mean, there's there's something to be said about what we do and why we, and that's one reason why I do mm. this show is just to, to remind us all. Of why we why we love the outdoors and how therapeutic it is and how you know how beneficial it is and we talk a lot of, at, at this event about brands and and stuff and really cool things that are coming out and those kind of things those that's all great mm-hmm. but I'm all about what I wanted to do with you at this show is about the essence of why we do it right which I talk about a lot of my solo stuff and I get that and my audience probably you know finished mm-hmm. listening to it but. I, I, I really think that gets to the heart of the issue of why we, we need to learn the purpose of why we hunt and fish to really see the essence of our soul, if you will. And that's mm-hmm. kind of deep, but, yeah. you know. Well, I think it's, it's, it's within us. I think from, you know, whatever you subscribe to, you know, uh, what, how long you think human beings have been here. I think mankind's been here for a long time, and I think we've definitely, uh, it's in our blood to be out there and there's something there's a torch that we're carrying you know and our ancestors weren't sitting in inside concrete structures you know like that there's nothing there's never a time when i'm in a inside four walls feeling some kind of way in tune with something just a visceral primal you know feeling where you find yourself out in the woods or in the swamp or in the mountains or wherever you're at and there's just something that hits you a different kind of way and when you especially if you if you go and take your own deer or fish whatever it is you provide for yourself and then therefore your family yes there's just something something in that now i tried to explain that to this uh, a lady over the weekend and she kept giving me a lot of pushback and I, i realized quickly that she had been experiencing a lot of male, uh, I guess, chauvinism. Yeah. She was, you know, she and rightfully so. She so. was kind of jaded, I guess. Yeah, she go. was like, "Well, I just don't understand. Like, I've never felt like I should have to provide." We were talking. I was talking about how young men, you know, should should do this and should do that and sure, learn sure. learn to provide. And she's like, "Well, I just never felt like someone should provide for me." And I said, "Well, okay, I see where you're coming from, but you gotta understand. Like, you're giving me blowback, but." I'm not saying that by me providing for my wife, I'm not saying that she can't do this. On her own, yeah. I'm just, because my wife is extremely independent. And right. I'm, she's right, a hard-working woman. She's a nurse. She's a great nurse. Um, it's, for me, it, there's a certain pride in being a man knowing that I can provide for her. And it's not, it's not to reduce her. It's, I think it's just a chivalry. And I think there's a weird thing that's happening in certain sections of society where chivalry becomes punished. Or I don't know if you've ever experienced holding a door open for a woman. Oh, all, all the time, yeah. And they, I don't need that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, and it's push, like... push you off and it's just like... But I'm trying not, to be a What I always like say that. is I'm trying to be a gentleman. And they usually chuckle about that and they're just kind of like... But, but I've had that same thing happen to me. But what am I supposed... But it's like there's no in-between... 
Like there's no like it's either that or um, like cat calling you and yeah. staring at yeah, you. It's like yeah. right, and it's like, dude, it ain't about that. And it's like there's that that really bothers me because it's like, man, if you talking. know me, I'm not that type of person. I'm not I'm not saying you're incapable of holding the door. I think you're reading into it a right. lot. You know right. these types of things. It's like or providing for yourself. Or whatever, it's like right? well, yeah, it's like good lord. I'm just trying to be nice. I do it to men. If you if you're within four steps of the door that I just opened, you're getting the held open for you. Yeah, sure. Guy, girl, I don't care. It's just for me. I feel dumb it's to let it close. In. Courtesy, it's yeah. just nice, you know. It's it's so easy to be nice, and I put my head at the pillow at night, and I feel good about myself. That wasn't a jerk, you know. Yeah. Uh, but you experience these things. So I was telling this girl, I was like, you know, it's not, it's not about. Me thinking that you, as a woman, are inferior—it's not at all. Like yeah. I love, I love women. I, had, I was raised by so many women. Like I was an only child. My dad, too. my dad, my uncle. I had great male role models. But I spent a lot of time with my mom and my nanny, my mom's sister. And they owned a hair salon, so it was like steel magnolias, dude. <laughs> I grew up in it, man. Yeah. Big old bushy hair, eighties, yeah, like yeah, just yeah. bouffants. Yeah. And it's like, man, you know. So I respect women. I love women. And it's like, it, you know, it always bums me out when I experience that. It's like, why do you think that this is anything of me trying to take anything from you? Yeah. You know, yeah, um, but but because there are so many tools out there yeah. and it's just human nature back to and it's everything. The people who the people who are willing to trash nature, the people who are willing to degrade people, women, men, whatever, just it's respect. You know, it's a respect for nature, it's a respect for humanity, respect for yourself. And I think that's, there's an, an abundant lack of respect in general in, in people today. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, man. It gets deep. It does, man. And I, you know? I just, I just, I, this has been such an enlightening conversation for me. I Good. Mean, I just, I really hope that you've enjoyed your time. I have. This is great. This has been good. I'd love to do it again. Yeah, I'd love to have you again. I mean, it, it's just... It's nice to have a, an intelligent conversation about the outdoors sometimes. Besides just, hey man, what'd you kill? You know, yeah, and you just, know, I, just I about agree. The deeper subjects of of conservation and, and giving back and and you know the therapy of the outdoors and, and just the stuff that I talk about from time to time on the show. But just to have a show dedicated to that. Besides just you know uh, trying to alternate hunting, fishing every episode. Yeah. But, um, this has been this has been great. So well, thanks, man. That, man. Thank you for having me. Tell people how to find you. All right, NewOrleansFishing.com. Check me out. And uh, we got Instagram at bourgeois underscore charters. Um, yeah, that's about it, man. I'll put you on. Uh, Bourgeois. Sure. Uh, you, Try and spell it. You can spell it. I'll give you $5. That's good. <laughs> Not There's you. You got the card in front of you. Oh, right. well, yeah. There's me, but then everyone's going to have the show notes and be able to spell it that way. Oh. You can spell can we edit the show notes. Can we edit and, that out? And not see the, yeah, anyway. I've only got um, so many five dollars. So many five dollars. Well, <laughs> um, no, I know you're just joking, but yeah, I um, I will. Uh, I'll put all your info in the show notes. Uh, um, you, you're gonna let's see, Tofield Bourgeois Bourgeois Fishing Charters. Uh, you got your phone over here. I'll put all that in the show notes. Um, to, awesome. Uh, to for people to call you for yeah. a fishing trip. And if you ever want to come back to Louisiana, come check out the lodge, man. Yeah, I'd love to. Um, it's in New Orleans, then I assume. We're about 19 miles south of New Orleans. Cool. Yeah. And uh, do y'all just do fishing trips then? Fishing trips, we do got hog hunts, frogging, whatever, okay. bow fishing. If there's fishing. Ooh, nutri hunt, you want to go on a nutri hunt? Oh, yeah. If there is something to get into, we could do it. Do y'all eat the nutri? Oh yeah. Heck, I hear yeah. it's pretty good. It is. It's not. It's, it's a, it. It eats grass and yeah, grain. Yeah, I guess pretty, it's fun. It ain't nothing. All right, and uh, so I'll put your Instagram info in there and. Um, and then, uh, so you've got hunting and fishing trips both, and uh, and so you're easy to find and get a big lodge. So Absolutely, big, big yeah, great like cuisine, uh, large. Which we, which we sample tonight. So mm-hmm. Got a little bit of that redfish toe feel. I'm glad you liked it, man. Yeah, there's well, plenty more of that. Turf, really, we had some. Oh play, man, the steak was good. Yeah, steak Soft was good. little steak nuggets. Yeah, it was good, and mm-hmm. I'm a big steak guy myself, so that was good, but. Uh, I appreciate you, um, you know, joining me. And it's just, I just, I knew when I met you the first time we met together in um, in New Orleans uh, two nights ago. I was like, I gotta have this seat on my chest. So <laughs> I just knew that. I got awesome, also, man. Uh, you're a band, and then you're a tattoo guy, and yeah. So, uh huh. Yeah, the band's them old ghost. T h e m o l apostrophe g h o s t s. It's like southern soul rock and roll. Cool. Yeah, I've been tattooing for like 15 years, and now it's kind of taking a break from that, which is great. 
honestly, you know, it's it's nice. You know, the, uh, as a creative, I think you get bored with certain paths and you got to kind of bounce it around. Uh, yeah, you know, so that's it. You gotta keep, you know, kind of bounce around. Yeah, so you have fun. Yeah, well, thanks so much for doing this. Thank man. you. And thank you guys so much for watching, reading, and listening. Have an awesome day in the outdoors. We'll see you next time.